Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. All right, all right, all right. You are listening here to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. And yes, my friends, I am your host, Todd Huff, taking a wild adventure with you here as we wade through politics, as we wade through deceit and dishonesty in today's leadership of the Democrat Party. Lots to unpack. And talk about here today, again, thank you for joining us. Email Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. So, you may be finding your, you might find this interesting to know. (laughs) I I saw this yesterday. Um, I saw where Kamala Harris, Vice President Kamala Harris, being interviewed by George Stephanopoulos, she was asked about racism in America, specifically, because remember yesterday when we talked about this, and folks, I have to tell you, I get tired of talking about this, but in another sense, it has to be discussed because of the, we have to be a aware of what's happening, how things are being politicized and used against us, how we're being divided through identity politics and so forth, and how race has become, and for some time, race has been used as a political instrument. And it's just not, it's just not a good thing. Absolutely not a good thing. But yet, here we are. We find ourselves in this position. So after Biden's um, speech the other night, Tim Scott, again, we talked about this yesterday, Republican, Senator, State of South Carolina, Tim Scott, he is black, he gave the rebuttal, he made the statement that America is not a racist nation, and it's, I guess, consequence for that, or just what this caused the left to do, the leftists out there across Twitterverse and so forth, the self-righteous uh, oftentimes, white liberal Twitter, you know, well, liberal with a Twitter account, would be out there calling Tim Scott Uncle Tim or Uncle Tom, which is in and of itself, I just, first of all, I can't even fathom ever thinking or saying that. But if someone in the Republican side did, the the outcry would be, you know what it would be. And again, I'm not saying it should happen. I'm just there's of course the double standard, but just the the immediate the immediate place that the left goes when it goes to to race is there is a monolithic if you're black then you have to think this. This is what the, I don't think this. I think this is what the I know this is what the left. This is how the left use at it. If you're black, you should vote this way because Republicans, at least the narrative is, they want you to believe 
that Republicans are racist. They think they're, they they that's the story. They don't care about truth. That's the other thing. They care about what they can get you to believe, how they can get you to look at the universe, how they can get voters to look at things. And if you can brand someone as a racist, then of course that should hurt their chances at getting votes. You can ban, ban uh, if you can brand or frame somebody as a sexist, and that should hurt their ability to get votes. Also, what it does, it it allows you, if you're the person uh, for the Democrats that are making these wild, baseless accusations, it allows that person not to have to really tell us what he or she thinks. You just demonize the other person. Look, man, I'm running against a racist, sexist, bigoted homophobe. It doesn't even matter what I think. Why would you vote for somebody like that? That's basically what this devolves into. And that is why that is why the Democrat Party often um, nominates and gets people to vote for candidates who are out of their mind, wacky, crazy. It's why I say that the vast majority of people, or the majority, will say that. But I would even go to say, I would say the vast majority of people are not truly, not truly liberal. Now, there are certain age groups that that changes. Some age groups have become infatuated with the ideology of socialism. And so there's other factors at play here, but one tool that's clearly used is to cry and to call Republicans racist at every turn. Not just Republicans, but America. America is racist. So you might be a little bit confused when you hear George Stephanopoulos talking to Vice President Kamala Harris on this was uh, yesterday after this program. In fact, I think it was last, maybe even last evening. He's asking her about this very thing. So I want to play this soundbite, and you might be shocked to hear what she says. But I think there's a reason for this. I think there's a reason for this, and I think she may have. I think she may have made a mistake as far as what strategy they talk about behind closed doors because I think she may have on the spot confused some things and said something that strategically the folks that want to run on the narrative and talk about the narrative of racism, I think it's it's not exactly how they would frame it. In fact, I think it's not how they would frame it at all. But this is Kamala Harris talking to George Stephanopoulos, says something pretty interesting when asked if America is a racist, uh, racist country. America is not a racist country. Do you agree with that? And what do you make of his warning against fighting discrimination with more discrimination? I believe that we need to address, well, first of all, no, I don't think America is a racist country, but we also do have to speak truth about the history of racism in our country. Okay, stop that. Did you hear that? She doesn't believe America is a racist country, but we have to speak truth, she says, about that, about America's about America's racist history. Now, I want to play the whole soundbite in its entirety, but I just wanted to pause and, and just get your arms around that because this is not this is not how this is normally talked about in the Democrat Party, right? You got a whole wing in the Democrat Party that is amped up and think that Kamala Harris needs to be vice president for no other reason besides she is 
Well, besides her being black and female. That is literally, for some people, the only reasoning. In fact, that's the only reasoning Biden really gave us. He told us, I'm going to find a black woman to be my vice president. And now, by the way, we have, oh, it's Tammy Duckworth. Tammy Duckworth says, hey, I'm not, I'm not going to approve other Biden nominees unless there's more, was it Asian Americans, I believe, being nominated? I can't even keep up here. But it's gotten to that point. And that's what you hear about everybody. Okay, for this position, we have a transgender American, and everybody applauds. Don't ask anything about what they think or what they want to do. Just, hey, transgender. All right, next up, we've got um, a homosexual American, and we, we clap and we applaud. Next up, we have Hispanic. We clap and we applaud. Next up, we have a black. And, that, of course, any of these folks should qualify any of these, you know, the groups of people, uh, if 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 they qualify on the merits, should be any any race, anyway, any ethnicity, any gender, um, well, either gender. Let's say that I'm not I'm not saying that um, I'm just saying if a person qualifies on the merits, the person qualifies on the merits. The only merit should not be the only merit should. Not simply be, this is a person's identity. What can can people not see how this is dangerous? I mean, th- this is so obvious. I have we have three kids: twelve, well, soon to be twelve, eleven, nine, and seven. And I am absolutely positive all three of them would understand this. In fact, I think all three of them would think, "Dad, why are they talking about it like that?" Because, you know, little kids don't, they have no, they, they just, they're people, right? We, we look at, we look at people. Anyway, so she says America is not a racist country. I think she confused something on the spot here. I do. I think she is, Democrats, these things cease to be a problem when Democrats are in power. You, you understand what I mean by that. So Biden's president so if America is racist, then that means – traditionally, that means that that somehow lays to some degree at the foot of the president to somehow fix it, at least in the public discourse. And so I think she's coming at it from that perspective to say, well, I can't acknowledge America is racist. I mean, after all, Joe picked me to be vice president because I'm black and a woman. So America is now therefore neither sexist nor racist, except – that's not supposed to be the narrative. You've got a lot of folks out there that are clamoring this each and every day. They want to defund, dismantle, completely abolish in some cases, both law enforcement and our criminal justice system, which is literally insane, is truly insane to suggest these things. But how do they get away with it? Because of the the narrative on, on race, because it has been pushed on the American people so so incessantly. It's been pushed. We're told that the biggest threat that America faces domestically is white supremacists, white supremacy ideology, as though it's just widespread in this nation. Of course, white supremacists can be dangerous, and, and if they are, that is a serious—I'm not minimizing that problem, but the, I am saying that the 
magnitude of which, the magnitude of how much of this is going on, is ridiculous. Likewise, I mean, you see the left, if you say something about Islamic terrorism, they act like they have no idea what that is. And you say, look, I'm not saying that all Muslims are terrorists, but you understand that there are people out there who believe that they are doing the will of Allah by perpetrating terrorism on people. I don't understand what's wrong with it, with acknowledging that. We have to be aware of what motivates them. They scream Allahu Akbar as they take over aircraft or as they commit a terrorist act. They think that they are doing uh, engaging in holy jihad against those infidels in the United States of America, regardless of those folks, race, gender, ethnicity, any of that. They don't care about that. They just think that they're waging holy war against the American infidel. And they act as though they have no idea. No idea what, the, I don't know what that's about. That's racist, Todd. <sighs> okay, well, let's, let's look at the white American who converted to Islam that then engages in terrorism. Let's just strictly talk about that then, because that exists. A white guy, we should be able to go after him or more than likely him. We ought to be able to go after him or her without fear of payback because of their race. But that, again, is not the case because now they're of a minority religion in this country. You see how it works? You're just not allowed to fight back. But I want to play this this soundbite. It's about a minute. I'll, I won't cut it off this time. I just wanted to pause and say she said America is not a racist country. So let's listen to it again. George Stephanopoulos, Kamala Harris. I'll play the whole thing in its entirety. It's about a minute. Sit tight. Tonight that America is not a racist country. Do you agree with that? And what do you make of his warning against fighting discrimination with more discrimination? I believe that we need to address, well, first of all, no, I don't think America is a racist country, but we also do have to speak truth about the history of racism in our country and its, and its existence today. And I, I applaud the president for always having the ability and the courage, frankly, to speak the truth about it. He spoke what we know from the intelligence community. One of the greatest threats to our national security is domestic terrorism manifested by white supremacists. And so these are issues that we must confront. And it doesn't, it does not help to heal our country, to unify us as a people, to ignore the realities of that. And I think the president has been outstanding and a real national leader. On the issue of saying, let's confront the realities and let's deal with it, knowing we all have so much more in common than what separates us. And the idea is that we want to unify the country, but not without um, speaking truth and and requiring accountability as appropriate. Okay, so I'm going to take a break, but not, I mean, there's some some stuff in there that's clearly not right. I mean, the praise of Joe Biden for somehow unifying this nation is ludicrous. But... But there's some of some of that is actually not wrong, which is perplexing to me to to say to you, given what I know about the Democrat leadership and given what I know and understand they do when it comes to the politics of race. So quick timeout is in order. Come back. Lots of different things to get to. In fact, today I got Quite a few things I want to touch on here, so we will uh, explore some of those things when we get back, including the New York Times being deceitful yet again. Trump DeSantis 2024, is that going to be a ticket? That might be a thing. Lots of other stuff as well. Sit tight. Back here in just a minute.
Welcome back, my friends. Program brought to you in part by Scott Veerkamp. Scott Veerkamp and his team. Scott is a realtor. ScottVeerkamp.com is his website. <clears throat> He's served Indianapolis, the surrounding community, since 1993. Franklin, Greenwood, Fishers, Carmel, Lawrence, Danville, Plainfield, Avon, even the great metropolis of Monrovia. I'll throw that one in there. Scott's a great guy. I, I've had the good pleasure of, I've, I've known Scott a little bit for some time, got to know him better here um, recently, and just a great, passionate, principled, hardworking guy, very successful. And when it's time, folks, when it's time, think about the market right now. You put, If you're moving, you got to be ready. When you put that for sale sign up, you got about 11 seconds Typically, I'm not promising this if this is the case for you, but you understand what I'm saying. People, The offers start coming in. You get offers oftentimes above asking price. It's kind of a bidding war in many situations. In many situations, you want a professional to help you navigate that. You want someone that can help you find another home. Yourself. You want to you know, be able to find a place to, to go to, someone that understands the market. And I understand we all, we all know realtors. We do. We all know realtors, but when it's something of this importance, I mean, this choosing the wrong realtor can cost you quite a bit of money or put you in a pickle. And so I fully uh, support and recommend you checking out Scott if you're looking to buy or sell a home. Scott Veerkamp. That's V E E R K A M P. Scott Veerkamp. Dot com 317-446-9398. Be sure to tell Scott that uh, you came to him from our program. He'll probably have something funny to say in response to that, knowing Scott. But Scott's a great guy, and uh, we appreciate having him on the program. And I um, hope you'll consider his services if you are looking to buy or sell a home. So other things in the news. We talked about Kamala saying America wasn't a racist nation. I mean, it had been. Of course, no one's denying that it had been. I mean, founded upon with slavery and the three-fifths compromise and all that kind of stuff. Um, and that stuff has been fixed. But normally, the left today, the political left, the radical left, the media, do not acknowledge that America has made any progress. In fact, some of them act as though we've barely made any progress whatsoever. So we had that last segment, but I want to talk about this. What's For those of you that are Republicans, and I know that there's libertarians, independents, heck, there's even some Democrats out here. Thanks for listening, no matter who you are. You used to say, I don't care what you think. I do. I want to persuade you for constitutional conservatism, at least have you consider the possibility of becoming a constitutional conservative. But many are Republicans. And when you look at the landscape of, you know, 2024, we got 2022 between here and there, so I don't want to gloss over that, but we've got Trump constantly making hints that he's going to run or strongly considering a run. And recently, not only did he mention the strong possibility of running, he even said that he would um certainly consider making Florida Governor Ron DeSantis his running mate. 
told Fox Business this on Thursday. He's 100% thinking about another presidential bid in 2024, looking at Axios.com here, and that President, former President Trump would certainly consider making Florida Governor Ron DeSantis his running mate. That's, I, you know, to many folks, that's very encouraging. And I think that there's a lot of, look, as I've said before, there are two problems with today's modern Republican and in, in politics. I don't mean you. I mean people that we elect. Oftentimes they're not really truly conservative. They're not principled in their beliefs on limited government, low taxation, uh, staunch defenders of constitutional rights and that sort of thing. Some of them are. Some of them are not. Unfortunately, those that are are sometimes not tough enough. They're too wimpy. And that's that to me is the void that President Trump filled whenever he entered the political scene back in 2015. You can say a lot of things about Trump, but you can't say he's a wimp. You can't say he's a pushover. You can't say any of that stuff, obviously. And that is not a bad thing. We have to be able there, – there's multiple ways we have to deal with this. That may not always convince people in your personal lives, and there's a different way, I think, to maybe approach that, which we talk about at CNBU here. But I do believe that you have you have to have strong people willing to stand up and fight for ideas and principles and not capitulate whenever they're being accused of the things we talked about last segment, which is you're a racist, sexist, bigot, homophobe, whatever. We have to have people that can walk through that proverbial fire and fire back and uh, push the idea forward, the, the, the ticket forward in the case of you know the 2024 election, if this is something that actually materializes. I think everybody out there recognizes that President Trump, if he wants to run, is in certainly in a position to be the Republican nominee again. I, of course, there's we've still got eons between here and there on the on the calendar, um, and we got a lot of things that we've got to worry about as far as stopping some of these insane radical ideas that are going to be shoved down our throats per Biden's uh, make-believe State of the Union address the other night. But 2024 comes around. If Trump wants to run, it's unless something changes really dramatically, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to say that Trump isn't going to be the the nominee. And now you start thinking who's going to be his running mate. He says, I'm 100%. You know, well, I'd certainly consider Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis may be the person at this point in time that's the second most likely person to be the Republican candidate for president in 2024. Some might be wondering what happened with Mike Pence. Um, of course, I just I don't see how in the world, given – how the 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 term ended um, in twenty twenty one in January. Um, I don't see any way possible that the schism between Trump and Pence can be resolved, and I'm not suggesting even even it should. But nonetheless, that's that's kind of where we stand. I guess I want to compare and contrast that. I do have to take a break here, but I want to compare and contrast that about someone else who's considering supposedly running. For president, and I just think, huh, this is crazy talk. This is crazy talk. This is Liz Cheney 
She said, well, she was asked by Neil Cavuto if Trump ran in 2024, if he was the nominee, excuse me, would you support him if he was the nominee? She would not. So she's already telling us she'd vote, I guess, for Biden, presumably, or Kamala, if Biden isn't going to run a second term or if he's been uh, replaced by then by Kamala. Some people think that's imminent. So she's going to vote. <laughs> Just think about this. I th- There's a wing of the Republican Party who really thinks that the answer is in the Liz Cheney's and in the um, Adam Kinzinger's. And I can't say that they're wrong on everything, but when you compare and contrast the uh, the ideas and who's who's closer to conservatism as far as implementing the principles and who's less likely to not get steamrolled by the Democrat Party machine and the media machine, it's not even close. It's certainly not even close. I had no personal problems with either one of those individuals. Kinzinger's district is not too far from our district here where I am in Illinois. I think it may even come close to butting up to it in places i don't even know but anyway which of those folks are you going to be are you going to be more excited to have i mean think about it trump desantis ticket or liz cheney and heck adam kinzinger ticket not suggesting that would be the ticket probably i wouldn't doubt that it would be the ticket to be honest or someone like josh hawley josh hawley's another name that's thrown in there with trump and DeSantis, but he's not to that to that level of favorability yet, and maybe he won't be. But where does the party go? Where does the party go in twenty twenty four? I just I can't see it. I, I I do hope it's not based upon what I've seen the direction of of Liz Cheney because that's going to cause people like many principled conservatives to think they're going to feel like Mitt Romney again, not want to go vote anyway. Time out again is in order. As I said, a lot more to get to, including New York Times being deceitful and also, oh yes, perhaps one of my favorite things to talk about. What about environmental guilt over having a baby? Specifically, this is the headline. Maybe we'll get we'll do this one next. Is having a baby in 2021 pure environmental vandalism? We'll talk about that after the break. UK Vogue. Sit tight. You're listening here. To America's one and only realities are back here in just a minute. Welcome back. All right, I mentioned before the break, mentioned before the break that. Vogue, Vogue UK. (laughs) Folks, the ideas. You know what? You know you live in a prosperous society when you have enough time to sit and ponder this nonsense. And there are people that believe this. I've I've shared before. I've shared before. I've I've read. I don't know if I know anyone who personally thinks this. I don't. We can still be friends, but it is cray cray. Someone literally, they're so worked up and worried about climate change and environmental vandalism, which is now apparently a term. They're so worried about 
carbon emissions that they think I just can't bring a person into this world because that that is literally just a human um, polluter, just a little miniature polluter breathing. They're going to breathe, man. They're going to breathe and they're going to exhale carbon dioxide. I don't know. Maybe maybe they'd feel better if after you know maybe the post of the or part of the uh, postpartum processes we we have women plant trees. I don't know what the equivalent of number of trees would be for a new child, but if you plant, I don't know whatever number of dozen or hundreds or thousands of trees, whatever they come up with, I'm sure that the math is highly skewed. But whatever number you could plant a tree, and then you wouldn't feel feel guilty or maybe you could um you know name a an acre of brazilian rainforest after your i'm not in favor of the rainforest getting but you know how this works you can buy a a name of you know name the maybe name the rainforest an acre or a a square foot or whatever they sell that symbolic stuff by and say i'm going to name it after my child and this that's that part of the rainforest is to support his carbon emissions but the headline here is 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 this is having a baby in 2021 pure environmental vandalism. Nell Frizzle written and posted here uh, a couple of days ago. She writes this is having a child an act of environmental vandalism or an investment in the future. <laughs> Gosh. Is it possible to live an ecologically responsible life while adding yet another person to our overstretched planet? Can I get away with it if I just never learned to drive? Here you go. It's exactly what I was saying. I mean, I don't know if she's thought about sponsoring a piece of rainforest, but can I get away with, with it if I just never learned to drive, never get a dog, and keep wearing the same three pairs of jeans for the rest of my life? For the scientifically engaged person. For this this is for the smart people, apparently. <laughs> this is written for the smart person. Folks, this is sad. Look, if you don't want to have children, that's fine. If you don't want to get married, that's fine. But if you're gonna tell me that you don't want to have a child because you're afraid that it's environmental vandalism, I mean I have a good poker face and personal interaction, but I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna have to fight off a look of incredulity whenever somebody says this to me. The raised eyebrow or the squinted look, you know, maybe a little tilt of the head is to say, what on earth are you talking about? We're so prosperous that you've sat there and dreamed this up. This wasn't an idea that just, that just came to you this morning. This is something you've apparently worried about and wrestled with for some period of time. Anyway, she continues for the scientifically engaged person. This is pro this is a pro science question apparently. You're engaged are you engaging in, in environmental vandalism if you have a child? Heaven help us. What if she has twins? Can that double double the environmental vandalism? That's probably it's probably should be a crime in her book. She continues, for the scientifically engaged person, there are a few questions more troubling when looking at the current climate emergency. Climate emergency, there we go. There's the the use of words and phrases by the radical left because, hey, we just had a COVID emergency and we shut the whole in, the economy down, which I just saw. Oregon's closing down again. Lockdown number three, I think it is. 
But if we can shut down for COVID, surely we can shut down if we're in the process of destroying our planet, right? That's how this is going to go. Anyway, I got to take a break here, but she says, there are a few questions more troubling when looking at the current climate change emergency than than that of having a baby. More troubling than having a baby. Forget about that little bundle of joy coming into the world. Forget about when you were when you were pregnant, women or men, when your wives were, were pregnant, forget about the feeling of, you know, just joy and happiness and pride and whatever it was, all these feelings. Forget about that. Your first question should be, man, that is a troubling thought. She continues here, whether your body, th- her words, not mine, whether your body throbs to reproduce You passively believe that it is on the cards for you one day or you actively seek to remain child-free. The declining health of the planet cannot help but factor in your thinking. It's unavoidable. For the smart, scientific mind, she's saying, you have to. This is an unavoidable question. This is a question we all come to. (laughs) Is having a baby in 2021 pure environmental vandalism? I'm just going out and going to go out on a limb here and say that I don't think any of you have thought that, truly thought that. You might have thought someone else is thinking it. And maybe maybe a couple of you have if you've been indoctrinated into some of the radical beliefs that we hear espoused at colleges and universities from some of these lunatics or some of these environmental communists. But Sit there and stroke our chins. Oh, man, am I engaging in environmental vandalism? Hmm. So profound. So stinking backward is what this is. Timeout is in order. We'll kind of come back. I want to talk a bit about this a little bit more. But this is, I mean, who thinks about this stuff? Pure environment. I tell you, prosperous people who have a lot of guilt on their hands because they've had all kinds, uh, kinds of things shoved down their throats through the media, through academia, that is pure, un, uh, unfiltered nonsense. So we'll talk about this after the break. Sit tight. Back here in just a minute. Program brought to you in part by our friends at Hayes and Sons. HayesandSons.com, 317-788-0911. This is a complete restoration company serving home schools, businesses, with responsive and comprehensive trust, worthy, uh, just trustworthy services, um, and they are full service. These folks are, I, I got the privilege of, of meeting Jacob. Jacob's a great guy. If you have water damage, smoke damage, just need restoration services, consider consider reaching out to our friends at Hayes & Sons. Again, it's their website address, hayesandsons.com, 317-788-0911 here in central Indiana, 317-788-0911. I just this this article I've read a little bit more um after you know during the break. I've read a little bit more of this during the break, but it it's just preposterous to me. And I just I thought I, I just wanted to come back this break and say, look, children, I'm a I'm a conservative Christian. 
children are a gift of God. It's a biblical concept. Children are a gift of God. And the idea that someone would look at the face of an infant, a newborn child, or even before they saw the face of their newborn child, even as that child was developing in the mother's womb, to think, I've created a mess. I've created a polluter. My goodness, what have I done? Killing the planet. She writes, she actually writes that, you know, she's worried about by the time her baby is the age of her father, that he's going to be living on a dry and barren earth. This, this fear, genuine fear and uncertainty and just angst over this. Just like people look, by the way, people look at uh, other people now as nothing more than, than creators of germs, carriers of the coronavirus, of COVID-19, or, you know, this, the coronavirus which causes COVID-19. And they will, you know, no longer are people people. They're just germ carriers. And this, this sort of thing can be insidious, this sort of thinking. The human beings are all created in the image of God. And I'm not saying there's not ever a time to take into consideration you know, other health factors. That's not what I'm saying. But I am saying that the idea that a child is simply a polluter or that another human being is simply a carrier for COVID-19 and needs to be avoided at all costs for all times until the end of time at least until the end of your time, is just nuts. It real, It's just craziness to me. And Rush used to say this, and I'm going to say it as well, but this notion, the notion that we can destroy the planet is pretty arrogant, I think. Rush used to say, I don't, if, if, if we said we're going to set out to destroy the planet, what would we even do to do that? Somehow we think we can. Got to take a break. Back here in just a minute. My friends, here we are. It's hard to believe at the end, end of a busy, busy broadcast week. But I wanted to mention here an article I've referenced time uh, twice now. New York Times has an article out there, headline that says Florida Republicans pass voting limits in broad elections bill. Again, the narrative is. Republicans are trying to restrict voter access, suppress the vote. Anything in the minds of the left and the media that tries to make a rule to make sure that someone who votes is actually shockingly allowed to be able to vote, that's considered suppression in the minds of the radical left and the media. I've got to go. Thanks for listening. SDGC Monday. Take care.